Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Stasis Lock, episode number 200. Can you believe it? After three, four hosts, we're still here. So <laughs> we're up to episode number 200. We do have a special guest. He is in the, uh, in the back waiting. So we are going to do our intros and what we got in our halls, and then we will get him in here and go from there. So, uh, Candace, you know the routine. So <laughs> that was weird. I have no we're idea. Good? Go. Um, so where can we find each other? Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah, do your <laughs> tell me where they can find you. Yeah, you can find <laughs> in me on social media as Ken Santor. I can't find the damn thing right there. Ken Santor or Candice Santor or Candice Art. Uh, I'm not going to go through everything single one because I can't keep them straight. So good luck finding me. What'd you get this week? I think last time I got the little Black Widow from uh, Transform Element. Oh, you're a dead one. Little girl. Nice. Little girl. Yeah, it's so cool. I like that. Yeah, just pretty cool. So I think that's all I got. All right, Joe. <laughs> um, I'm Joe. You can find me or reach me through uh, one of my two secretaries, Primal Sabbath or Daltinian's TFs. Like or you can reach me at ah. stasislogpodcast at gmail.com. I don't think I got anything noteworthy this week. All right, Brett. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I thought you Joe, were Joe, it's my turn, Joe. Mine, mine. Make a toy <laughs> fan on Facebook. <laughs> and I got lights. I got shelving lights. So I've been doing nothing but reorganizing everything. It's been fun. Sweet. I bet. Next. I'm Dalton. You can find me everywhere at Daltinian's TFs. It's right there. And YouTube, Daltinian95. This week, I just got the Quintesson Judge in. So, got that. Uh, Delirium. Nice. Yeah, you can find me at Delirium432 on Twitter or Instagram. And this week, I got Transart Moon and Optimus Primal. Skateboard Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I guess I it's Optimus Primal. Mike, what'd you get? Uh, thank you for asking. I got a hubcap from Generation Select. I got a few pops that no one cares about. Nothing these stories so far. You got that right. And, <laughs> and then I got in uh, <laughs> on the G.I. Joe classified line, I got, uh, he's referred to as uh, Pimp Daddy Destro. Oh, you got Pimp Daddy. And then I got uh, the Baroness. And I think that's all I got. I think that's pretty much it. That's actually a good haul. Baroness has been kind of hard to find, I think. Yeah, now I got four of them. Well, I mean, not for someone that, you know, <laughs> you know uh, toy squirrels and everything. So. All right. <laughs> toy squirrel. <laughs> all right. So we got the game. I'm going to drop. Uh, delirium out and bring Gary in. And okay. I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to get to my. Oh, is that who our surprise guest is? Oh, 
She has a new read social media. Oh. Read Gary Poole. Oh. <laughs> social media. Oh, it's been everywhere for a week. Yeah, it's all now, over. Now these questions. Showtime. <laughs> okay, he's ready. He's ready. Nice. Was not expecting that. <laughs> Woo, in 3D. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's he's Hi. I'm not going to. How's it going, Gary? Hi, Gary. Oh, not too bad. You know, just um, enjoying the beautiful sunny weather and uh, had a, an exciting week this week. We built a greenhouse, and uh, that was fun. And uh, I've just been doing a lot of auditioning lately because the uh, the movie industry is back on track and starting to take off again, and uh, animation is coming back. So, you know, things are things are kicking along. Did my first cartoon show this year. Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called um, Oh, what the Chip and Potato. It's a, a, a small, small kids uh, cartoon about pug dogs. It's very cute. It's hmm. on. Uh, it's on the Cartoon Network. Anyway, that's about it. And me. Nothing serious. And be, who's barking? That's my dog. My bad. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Candace has a dog too that barks on occasion. Oh, hey, trust me. Trust me. We know. Yeah. We we and are very cat. aware of her dog. The cat. Oh. Well, you, you haven't heard mine yet. <laughs> mine barks at the most inopportune <laughs> time. I got Candace my cat knows. Here, so we're good. I do know. Yeah. So basically, by the way, um, today. Just, uh, a what? Oh, sorry. sorry uh, on this day, three years ago, I adopted my dog. So I know, and it was fabulous. Um, I just years uh, six years ago we got ours, and it was uh, the gift that just keeps on giving. <laughs> See, that's uh, funny. That's funny because I got mine one year and two months ago, and she's a holy terror. But no. you know, <laughs> I love her anyway. So yeah. she's still a pup. Still a pup. Oh. No, it's uh, it's been going well. We're surviving the uh, the uh, COVID. Uh, I, I posted last night about all the places I've been to: the Safeway, the Costco, a couple of restaurants with outdoor patios, and uh, that's about it. It's uh, and the drugstore, and uh, other than that, just you know, nothing. Dentist maybe, and then staying home because there's nowhere to go. Everything's closed. Wow, what's that? <laughs> They're going to do some screen sharing so everyone can see what all we're looking at. Oh, I can see. Whoa. Oh, that's right. There we go. There there we go. Babies and all kinds of things there. Always just get stuff ready. That's just very cool. <laughs> I, I do the same thing sometimes. I think actually, uh, I think everyone here, I don't know, Dalton, Dalton, do you have a dog? Yeah. yeah I thought so. I thought, I think I everyone. I don't have a dog. You don't know, oh, Joe. You're weird. So I mean, most everyone here has yeah, I know. dogs. Or you have dogs. a cat, don't you? Are you a cat person? <laughs> I, I don't have any animals. You, your own best friend, I know. Oh, uh, really. he's a and mom. That's true, and that's all that matters. He has you know, Some of us need I'm an really emotional crutch. <laughs> oh, I need, I need two or three. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to see a doctor about that, Joe. Yeah. yeah, and my own emotional crutch. Yeah, 
Oof. Anyway, so who has a vicious log? Oh, that's enough. Um, so let's see. Why don't we go ahead and do? Uh, why don't we start with the questions? So organized, Mike. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm having a hard time with my screen share. All of a sudden. That's okay. uh, yeah. Let's go ahead. Why don't we do the uh, questions then? Come on. All right. Chance. Well, let, no, hold on a second. You want to wait? Can you all see the Stasis Lock logo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let me do this real quick. Yep. Uh, Stasis Lock Beast Wars podcast. We found on Instagram at Stasis Lock Podcast. Facebook is Beast Wars. Twitter.com at Stasis Lockcast. You can find Joe over at Stasis Lock Podcast at gmail.com and the Facebook group, the Beast Wars Society, where you can buy, sell, and trade and discussion group. Be sure to answer those questions. If you do not, I will not let you in the group. Um, as far as anything else, uh, let's see, uh, Agabus. We all usually talk at Agabus except for Candace. She likes to go the slow route to get everything. So, she can't hear you. She's messing things up. Oh, my goodness. What are you doing over there, Candace? <laughs> it's called having a cat who wants to lay in your lap and then gets wrapped around in the wires of your headphones. Okay, I'm good. I told Where you, were cat, we? person. cat person. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Yeah, it was All a right. cat person. Breathe. Yeah. Everybody breathe. Everybody breathe. Hey. Hey, look at that handsome guy. Look at that. I know. Who is that guy? I... Okay, I think so... I've got his picks now. We'll see what happens. So uh, I'll start off with the first question. Candace, remember you're number one after me. So, uh, Gary, we uh, we got some questions for you, and, you know, some of them might be something you might have answered them before, and I hope we don't upset you by any of them by any means of the imagination. But no. to start off. I just embellish on them. Okay. I actually watched a, uh, another interview that you did recently, and uh, you kind of uh, embarked on about your acting career when you first started. Uh, but my question to start out with is what made you decide to get into acting? Well, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a great question because um, I was in the stock market. I worked as a trader on the floor of the stock exchange. And um, one day the the government changed and they, they were thinking about nationalizing things and they were a highly socialist government, even for us. So the market tanked and everybody got scared and uh, all the junior guys got laid off and me was a junior guy. So I thought, well, what the hell am I going to do now? So I, I traveled over to Europe for a little bit and then I came back and I said, I'm going to go back to school because my biggest love is English literature and um, and anthropology. And I did very well in those courses in my first year of uh, university. And um, then I, as part of my English course, I went down to see a theater uh, production in the theater uh, uh, faculty. And um, it's a place called Studio 58. And the play was of Mice and Men. And I watched the play and I went, wow, this is a great play, great production value, great, great acting. I just loved it and was completely engrossed. And I said, this is what I want to do. Because I did some amateur stuff, musicals and whatnot. But this is what I want to do. So I went and auditioned for the next term for the, for the, uh, the, the theater course. And uh, at the end of my audition, of which I, I acted and sang and uh, and uh, did some voice things, the um, 
the the head of the department who was an old english fellow from old school from rada or or something like that uh, no not rada from um f- from wales i can't remember the name of the theater school in wales but it's uh, the bristol old vic and uh his name was anthony holland and he was an older guy and he's reading a newspaper and i finished my audition and he he puts his newspaper down and he goes well you've got some talent not much but some all right you're in and um i i got into the program and uh, i didn't realize that they only take like you know 15 people 16 people a year for this school and um that was it i uh, i i found something i truly loved and a place where i finally found a place where i actually fit in and i did my first professional show about a month before I finished school, and I've been working basically as an actor ever since. And that was in 1978. Right, because I believe, if I remember correctly, the interview I watched, your first paying gig was at the school for $75? Yes, and that that was the uh, Jacques Brel's Alive and Well and Living in Paris. We were the first show at the theater to be held over after we graduated so we were there for two weeks or uh, for a month after we graduated from school, but they kept us on because the show sold out every single night. Okay. Um, so I, that was my first professional gig, $75. Then yeah. I got a $100 voiceover gig for a nursing home. <laughs> that was no, my first I, gig. No, I remember watching that interview, and I remember I specifically remember that because you said it was your first gig. $75 at the school. At first you thought it was 77 but then you said it was 78 Yeah, 78 Yeah, yeah 1978 right. Oh, no. That was the year no. I was born. 19, 19, right. 1977 was the, the production. 1978 is when I finished. Finished. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Right. And started my right, professional Katie, career. Going to number one. <laughs> Do you so, there you go. I prefer? Mean, we got quite a lag here, don't we? Do I prefer Pause. voice voice acting okay. to stage? To... Do you, yes. Do you, do you prefer voice acting or um, acting in front of the camera? Well, uh, voice acting as opposed to on the live on camera acting. Okay, I just love performing it doesn't matter what it is I'm, if i'm playing live music on a stage with people or acting in a live play or doing film or voiceover every one of them has their own uh, attractions their own positives and negatives the negatives are they don't they like live on stage is fabulous because you get an immediate response from your audience and uh it's great fun working ensemble for a beginning to end project. Um, and that's, that's wonderful, but it doesn't pay very much money. So it's hard to make a living that way. Um, music these days doesn't pay anything because nobody wants to pay for music. So unless you're, a, unless you do it full time and I don't really want to do it as a job. I want to do it as cause it's fun. I really enjoy doing it. Voice acting. 
I love voice acting because that's to me is the purest form of acting there is. You you have to have a the, you have to voice the physical, the the emotional, and the intellectual aspect of of your character and bring it off the page and have people believe that you are that character, uh, even though it's a cartoon. You've got to care about it or hate them or love them or something, even though they're a cartoon. So it's a real challenge to bring that character to life and uh, and make it breathe like a living, breathing entity. Um, film acting, I just uh, love it because of the technical aspect of it. I love the fact that you have this enormous crew of 150 people or so, all working seemingly chaotically, but not. They're all in unison, all to make that final image on the screen. And people don't realize how much work and how long it takes to make one minute of screen time. Uh, it takes all day, you know, and it's uh, because they have to set up the lights and the, the camera. And I just love working with the people and I have an opportunity to uh, to engage with uh, with our crew and the, the friends I've come to love and uh, know and love in the in the business. The same with voice. I've been working with basically the same people over 30, 30 years, at least 30 years, even more than that, and in film for almost 40 years. So uh, there are some of the people that I've worked with I've been working with for literally decades, and uh, it's always a pleasure. And I always wake up in the morning when I'm going to work, and I'm going, yay, I'm going to work. <laughs> yay, I got a job. <laughs> the rent is paid this month. <laughs> that was, well, it used to be like that, you know, when I was younger. I mean, you know, you didn't know if you were going to get your rent next month's rent because you didn't know if you're going to get a job or not. And uh, a lot of times, so I, I used to work for this company called uh, Manpower Temporary Services. And it was a company that's all over the world, apparently. Uh, and they're a temporary uh, work agency for laborers, typists, whatever. Anyway, I discovered this place, and I thought, well, this is, this is the ideal solution. I can work here, and then I can quit if I get a play, and there's no problem. And uh, so I did that. Little did I know, it's back-breaking work, some of it, but uh, it was a lot of fun, and then I got a reputation at uh, Manpower as a fixer. When they had a, a, a client with a job that went bad, like a like somebody left the job halfway through or, or was just a crappy worker, they'd send me in to fix the job and, and get the client back. So th they used to give me some pretty plum jobs, like telex operator, a telex operator at the Department of Veterans Affairs where I do eight telexes a day. It was, uh, and got paid well for it. And working in Department of uh, uh, Atomic Energy was another fun one. And um, so when I left, uh, when, I, when I started working full-time in acting, I, I left the company in Ottawa, and the guy in Ottawa said to me, he goes, here's this card. You take this card anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world you want to go, you just go into a manpower office and hand them this card, and you have a job the next day. And I said, 
Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. So I uh, I kept the card, and sure enough, when I came back to Vancouver, I I had to get reestablished and uh, handed the card into the guy in Vancouver. The next day, I was working just like that. So um, it sort of helped me get through the lean times, and then uh, then it got crazy. The 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 movie industry and the voiceover industry, and I was literally sometimes working seven days a week. And um, that was a bit mad. Now I'm sort of in my senior years, and uh, I'm not working that hard. But um, as I said before, I love all aspects of the entertainment industry. And I think I've, except for porn, I haven't done any pornography. Oh, my. No, I, (laughs) you know, I draw the line. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't done any pornography, but uh, I've done things like be a greeter at a convention, dress up in a gorilla suit and be a kissing bandit, uh, <laughs> do clownograms, uh, murder mystery scenario, you know, go to corporate murder mysteries, uh, improv comedy, all kinds of things. Because everything you do in in, in, in when you're entertaining Everything you do contributes to your experience and your body of uh, work and skill, or your skill set, your foundation of skill. And uh, I'm glad that I did all that stuff. I had so much fun. <laughs> all right. Uh, Does next- that answer your question? Sure. <laughs> 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 all right. So, Joe, you got the next question? Yep. Who did you look up to during school to prepare you for what would be a very long and current career? Um, who did I look up to? Well, my my heroes back then were, uh, believe it or not, Alec Guinness. Because people only, a lot of people only know Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, from Star Wars. But he was the man in the white suit. He was uh, in a movie called The Horse's Mouth, The Over the Hill Gang. He did a tremendous body of work. And to me, he was like the consummate actor. I just loved, I loved watching him. I also loved watching Robert Mitchum. It was another, uh, I was a big fanboy there. And uh, another one was of all of all things was uh Phil Silvers. <laughs> I I just love Phil Silvers. I thought he was just the coolest dude. Crazy as a loon, but great. And I mean over the years my, my heroes change. I I uh I I I love Ewan McGregor, the great actor. I uh, uh, what's his face from uh uh from Hannibal Lecter. I cannot remember the name. I get some timers. But the guy who played Hannibal Lecter. It'll come to me. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. There you go. I knew it would come out. Anthony Hopkins, another tremendous actor. Uh, Gary Oldman. uh, Mm. Blows my mind. He's such a great actor. And uh, uh, Ryan from from the, uh, The Bridge, On The Bridge. Uh, with Tom Hanks, another tremendous actor. That's so many. It, it, there's so many that I admire. Benedict Cumberbatch, 
or mm-hmm. Cumberbund or whatever his name is. <laughs> I, think, I think you got it right. You got it right the first time. Better than Cumberbatch. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous actor. I just, yeah. I just love him. I love watching him. I just get to, it's, it's funny to you know there, there are people that you, you watch a dear, uh, a friend who passed away just recently, Brent Carver who was a, 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 an amazing actor, a passionate actor and singer, and just an all-around guy. And I remember doing a play with him, The Passion of Dracula. And uh, he was uh, he was brilliant. And we had so many good laughs on that show. So, But that's who I looked up to. Those are my idols. And Meryl Streep, of course. And Emma yes. Peel. <laughs> <laughs> and Helen Mirren. <laughs> yes. All the greats. I love them all. <laughs> but those are my particular idols. Yes, next. So <laughs> how how do you feel about someone else voicing Optimus Primal in the new series? Uh, just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got my answer. We're good to go. <laughs> no, I'm just clearing my throat. Oh, that's oh right, right. I heard about you voice actors doing that stuff. Oh, <laughs> God. No, I look at you know, I, to, to tell you the honest truth, to tell you the honest truth, for all the, the, all the people I've seen doing, doing Optimus, I haven't seen the new Primal yet, so. But uh, the Optimuses, I love them. Neil Kaplan and and uh, Mr. Cullen, Peter Cullen, David Kay. I said, David, you stole my heart. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, but that's okay. I talked to David the other day. He just came out of quarantine the other day in uh, Kelowna, and we talked on face to face. It was just kind of nice. And he's a good good egg, you know, David Kay. I quite like him. Um, the other guys, well, I just saw the new uh, uh, the new uh, Optimus on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, how can I be delicate about this? <laughs> I think I think you already did. But... Oh. <laughs> I just went. Oh, come on! You know, I mean, no disrespect to the actors; they just were not directed well. Um, I thought you know the 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 show had great production value and it probably had some great stories, but you know I just I was so um, basically I was so disappointed because they all sounded to me the same. You know I couldn't differentiate between yeah some of the characters. Maybe it was because I got shitty hearing. I don't know. Well, I was going to ask you I, just something that just occurred to me. Do you think because you're in voice acting and, and some of the things that you hear, the dialects, this and the other, are so important to you that maybe you hear that more than other people? Yeah, for Joe. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite sure. You know, it's like I've been I've been voicing for 40 years, and I've been doing cartoons for uh, 30. 37 years, 36 years, 36 years. And I've done thousands of shows. And I listen, when I listen to cartoons, what do I listen for? As I listen for characterization, sure. do I believe this character? 
Do I believe that they are a real thing in an unreal world? That's what's important to me. That's why, you know, when I, like one of my favorite animated cartoons is, is uh, Ice Age. I just love Ice Age. I love the, the character that John Leguizamo does and the big, the big guy who plays the, the mammoth because they, they sound real in an unreal world and they're just and you care about them and that's the one thing i just that got me about about the new um uh transformers i just didn't care well but you don't think that maybe in the back of your mind you're going well i would have done it this way or i would have used this dialect or you know i would have went this way no i got i've i've gone past that um that that aspect of you know you know that's you know the old joke how many light bulb? How many actors does it take to to, to <laughs> turn a, screw in a light bulb? Just one, but there's 15 people out in the audience that said I could do it better. You got it. <laughs> you, know. I, you know what? I think that's with every career, honestly. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, yeah. Except rock and roll. You know. No, you because can't, the, the you can't fake putting that. on that. Yeah, it's it. But um, you know, no, I, I just think, sure, yeah, I, I would have been. It would have been nice if I played. It. I think Peter Cullen would have done a better job with uh, Optimus Prime than me, uh, because he originated the character and he was very good at it. Um, I, I, I'd probably pick me as a second choice uh, for Primal. I would definitely, you know, I would say I was a pretty darn good Primal. And, uh, well, you I, established it too. Yeah, and it's not, and it's the thing is, it's not that it's not a, anything out of ego or conceit or anything. It's just that I looked at that character, and I just, I just basically made it my own, and um, sure. and I think I did a good job of it because it, I, I just wanted to make him warm and and uh, human almost. But warm-blooded for sure, and um, and a real a real character with strengths and weaknesses and uh, likes and dislikes and gets emotional and whatnot just like anybody else does. Which the robots didn't. They just, you know, they went straight ahead. Earth, the mighty planet. You know, they did all those, and and I go, that's okay. I like that, and. Um, if I would have known then what I know now with regards with the Unicorn trilogy, I would have tried to um, tried to make my voice more like the Peter Cullen approach to uh, you know Autobots combine, you know one of those kind of things. But I didn't because my ego, my shitty ass ego, got in the way. <laughs> And I said, no, I'm not going to do it like somebody else. I'm going to do it like me. And uh, Yeah, but so, I think that, that adds to the uh, uniqueness. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess so. But yeah. it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and, uh, and, uh, but that was my, my only big complaint about the, um, about the uh, the new Transformers, and the reason why is because I've been doing it so long and and been uh, around voice acting and have been acting as a profession for most of my life 
that when I hear it and it's not it's not there, I just say it's not there. And uh, so, but the funny part is, is the next question kind of a lead up to this? Yes. Dalton, it's yours. Dalton, Dalton, head, great look. I'm on a delay again, aren't I? No, no, you're, you're fine. Go ahead. Keep going. You're ready. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Optimus Primal had great one-liners such as Shut Up Rat Trap and That's Just Prime. What is your favorite one-liner from any characters that you've voiced? Any. From any characters I've voiced? Okay. Uh, well, I loved uh, from um, from um, Captain Nintendo. And it was, Excuse yourself, you pig! That was, a, that, was, that was the line that got me into character. Who's ready? Nice. Oh, it's not me. <laughs> Excuse yourself. And uh, the other one was, was, I don't want to push the button from Reboot. I love that line because you're always saying that. Megabyte will kill us. I like that. It's just... And the other one was Grounder from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. He goes, Scratch, why are we doing this? This seems pretty stupid. And I'm not <laughs> stupid. And that was another one. I, 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 a lot of them had, you know, the, the uh, catchphrases. There was an obscure cartoon called Kissy Fur. And my what locked me in was the stupid thing because he used to start off every line with, Hey, I'll tell you what. You know, he had, he had the stupidest things, and uh, and um, and He Man. Well, He Man was just He Man. <laughs> he was just, you know. But that's all you need. Until next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's the, the, those are the ones that are most memorable to me. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, Delirium, you're in here now. So number five is yours, and make sure. This kind of has like a uh, an after question with a follow up question. This is Brett's question, actually. Yeah. Thank you. So, with you having been in so many movies, games, and TV shows, how would you compare your work to Frank Welker? Frank Welker. Frank yeah. Welker's a master. Frank Welker is tremendous. I uh, I've always admired uh, Frank's uh, versatility and his work. It's just it blows my mind. And he's got so many iconic characters that uh, that I couldn't hold a candle to. But you know what? I'm uh, I'm I'm okay. You know, I'm okay in the hierarchy of cartooning. I wouldn't say it was uh, you know up there with him or um, or Mel Blanc or any of the top ones. Peter Cullen, yeah, I would say I could compare to Peter. Um, there's a there's a few guys that I really uh, enjoy. Billy West is another guy who I look up to, but yeah, I think I, I'll, I'll fit in. I remember doing a cartoon with uh, uh, Maurice Lamarche. Remember Maurice Lamarche? Of course. Yep. And he said, "You know something? You you you're good at you you're good at this. You I like <laughs> I like working here with you." And I went, "Well." Thank you. 
but uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I think I do okay. I'm, uh, I've, I've, I, 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 to tell you the honest truth, I really don't like to toot my own horn, but um, I'll uh, I'll I'll say things, you know, that are true. But I'm not going to, you know, if it weren't for me, the whole world would die. <laughs> no. Um, maybe some aspects. So. Well, no. Well, if it, <laughs> if it weren't for me, I wouldn't be here. You know. If it's, oh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> uh, Dylan, go ahead and do the follow-up question on that as well. Of course. Yeah, so I guess a follow-up idea or a thought you can touch on. Um, your voice and your voices are so iconic that they seem to transcend generations and i think maybe what it means is you know of course all the all the primes that you voiced and everything like that um do you have any thoughts on that about uh your your acting transcending generations well i i i the only thing i can say is i'm very thankful that uh that people enjoy what i do and i'm very thankful to have been a part of that because um you know it's not it's not like it just it just falls into your lap and you go, okay. You know, it's just like, I, this is something I've always wanted to do. And, and, uh, when I got an, an opportunity to do it, the, the first thing I said in my mind was don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, uh, it always, it always amazes me that, uh, that, uh, they have such longevity. Um, I, I guess I got into cartoons like, mind you, you know, I, I turned on uh, things like Quick Drama Gras, you know, remember that and Huckleberry Hound? And I see some of those old <laughs> so cartoons. Oh, yeah. I, I grew up with those cartoons and Mighty Mouse and that. And I look at them and I go, damn, they were great cartoons. Yep. And I really enjoyed them. And I, I just love the characters. I love Quick Draw. So I, you know, he was, uh, <laughs> Simon, Bubba Louie. Just. <laughs> Oh my Every gosh! Night. Remember that? Uh, that sounds just like him. <laughs> it really. <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, El Cabong. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I just loved those cartoons, and they were very special because wow. they they were quite livable. And that was Dawes Butler, I think. I did those cartoons. There was another guy, absolutely idolized. Oh yeah, he was the guy who did Fred Flintstone and. And Huckleberry Hound, and I think he did Snagglepuss too. <laughs> did, did lots of between him and uh, him and Mel Blanc. Oh my God, they did so many different ones. But uh, yeah, no, well, I'm 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 very I'm very I'm very proud of 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 all the shows that I that I've worked on, and uh, I'm very happy that they've lasted this long and have become so iconic. But you know, you never. It, it's always a surprise to me, and it, it well, not so much now. But when I first, I went to my first convention in, uh, I think my first convention was at Disneyland or Orange County down there in Los Angeles. I'd never done one before, and then the next one I did with with you, Candice, and that was in North Carolina. Yes, in North Carolina. Where did you do you did one in New York though too, I think before huh? that. You did one in New York as well, didn't you? Oh yeah, that was way later, yeah, in New York. Oh, it was later? Was, oh, okay. Yeah, that was uh that was a bit of a scammer. I wasn't very happy with that one. But 
Um, the one in Los Angeles, I I I walked into the uh, to and it was a Transformers uh, uh, TFCon, and I walked in and the guy said, "Oh yeah, come with me." And we go into this this ballroom, a giant ballroom, and it's full of people. And I went, "Oh, this is cool." And um, and he's he said to the t this table full of ladies that were sitting there says. Hey, gang, this is Optimus Prime. And they all went, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I went, what? And then I don't even remember that scene in Galaxy Quest where uh, Ted walks into the, the convention. They all go, <laughs> you know, I know exactly what he's talking about. That's, that's Love exact, that movie. That's exactly what happened when I walked into this ballroom. So I thought, well, this is weird because I had no idea about Transformers at that time. I did the commercials for Transformers way back in Generation Two, but I never the toy commercials. But I never really followed the because I was a I was an old guy, you know. So I walked in and we sat down at, at, on this panel with uh, the other guys from from uh, Beast Wars, and the entire crowd went crazy. And I'm going, so what's going on? <laughs> who who are these people? And they said, they're, they're your fans. Shut up. <laughs> I don't have any fans. And I didn't have any fans. And he said, no, they're your fans. And I went, holy crap. And then I realized how big it was. And, um, and uh, then you've got a, it's a whole different ball game now. So, right. <laughs> It was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting. So I, I think I'm 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 very happy that I made an impact on people's lives. I'm very happy that uh that um that it has had this longevity. I could tell you I could tell you some great stories, but I don't know if you have time for that. But I <laughs> I I had a um oh okay, I'm gonna tell you some stories. This is great. No, you have no idea. So anyway, I'm going through a uh, a Salvation Army uh, thrift store because I do that on occasion. And uh, I was walking to the store, and I found a original, unworn reboot crew jacket. Like a you know one of those Melton bomber football jackets you know those, with the leather sleeves, I found one, and it was unused. And they they only made like five or six of them. And I'm going, what the hell is this doing here? So some guy I I put it on on I advertised it as a joke on on Facebook, and a guy offered me a ridiculous amount of money for it, and a, and offered to pay all the shipping. And I, I okay, fine. The guy paid. I shipped it off to him. He's happy as a clam. So that was one one story, and that was in the UK. And then again from the UK, from my home, well, not my hometown, but very close to my hometown, down in Cornwall, I get a message from a fellow who asked me to um, uh, send a, 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 an inspirational video. Uh, to this young kid in the hospital who was dying of cancer. So 
I thought, well, sure, I'll do that. And the guy who asked me to do this owns a Transformers truck, a semi-trailer truck dressed like, uh, like Optimus. And he drives it around to different conventions. And he said, please uh, send this message. So I had this, uh, sent this message off to this, this little guy in a hospital in, in uh, Cornwall. And holy crap, it made the front page of the newspaper there. And there was this whole deal with the truck coming. And it was like, it was like a, a, a big make-a-wish thing. And it was um, very moving. I was, um, oh boy. And I think about that sometimes. I think, boy, we sure do have a responsibility, you know. It's, uh, it doesn't sound like much. You're just a voice for a cartoon. But there's a lot of people who, who, who their their whole lives have been changed, or they've had people come up to me and burst into tears uh, in in different places. When I was in Australia, a guy came up to me, started crying. He said, "I uh, always follow this and blah blah blah." And I'm going, "Dude, it's not. You don't have to cry." He said, "No, I'm just really excited." So I said, "Okay, okay, okay." And uh, we chatted for a bit, and and uh, yeah, the, the people who said, "You know, I got through all these hard times." And you come there, and uh, my hard times aren't hard anymore. So, to me, I'm just so um, I'm just so glad that I could do that, and so happy I could do that. So, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think you kind of touched on this a little bit, but the next question was: um, uh, in the 25 years since Beast Wars aired. Um, People are still talking about Beast Wars to this day, you know, yes. hence that, you know, people are still watching it. We actually do a watch party on Friday nights watching it. Yeah. And, you know, there are, you know, multiple new toys that have come out, you know, around your character, you know, you know, masterpiece toys, yeah. uh, new retail line toys. There's going to be a new primal in the new kingdom series. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it, 25 years ago, did you think that we'd be here still talking about Beast Wars 25 years later down the road? I honestly had no clue. I, 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 I had been doing, you know, different cartoons at that time. And when the Transformers came along, when Beast Wars came along, I went, oh, cool, another cartoon. That's great. But I had no idea what a big deal it would be. And I'm glad that I had no idea what a big deal it would be because I would have messed it up for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Desire is a terrible thing. All right, I got you, man. Yeah, I know. You know, it's just crazy how the last, I think, what has it been, Kansas, last three, three, four years, they put out so many different primal toys, you know, three different masterpieces, um, you know, a couple of retails, you know, and even a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive was put out one year. Yeah. So, I mean, you've had multiple toys come out, you know, and I know that makes a lot of us old toy collectors very happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Well, I've got to tell you, this is the only one I have left. Really? Oh, the little guy. Wow. 
because I gave all the rest away to various cons for the charity auctions. So they're all gone. And and that woman, that woman's got a few of them. <laughs> she's like, who, me? Right. <laughs> yeah, she's got a few of them. Yeah, I bet. All right, Thank Kenny. you, Gary. You're welcome. All right, Candice, uh, next one's yours. Next one, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this gentleman's last name, Alex Prue, Prue or Pro, who wants to know about your time, Gary, on ExoSquad and um, the duo roles you had voicing the hero Masala and yeah. villain General Shiva. Oh, so, General Shiva, I absolutely adored him. <laughs> he was a great character. I love God, characters who are absolutely evil. And uh, and Marsala, Marsala was such a space cadet. I mean, I, I he was so wise. He was like Siddhartha. You know, that's what he was. He was a Siddhartha-like character. And he always spoke very quietly and very sagely about a lot of different things. And I, uh, I was quite astonished at uh, the lifespan of Exosquad as well. Um, that uh, it, with The storylines were fabulous. The characters, I thought, were just wonderful in that show. <clears throat> and I remember um, when we first did it, I was going, this is going to be marvelous. I'd, and I'd, I think that uh, we got the... Uh, the uh, exoskeleton, you know, the exo, the exoskeleton, the machines that they had. I think they were like they were like the first thing out before aliens or anything. I'm not sure mm -hmm. about that, but I'm, I'm I think so. But uh, yeah, I love that show, and I love doing those two characters. Fortunately, I didn't have to do them at the same time, <laughs> talking to each other. But uh, yeah, General Shiva was cool. I just did, I just really liked that and. And Marsala, I you know the one thing I wish, because I, I when I watch it, I, I watch it because they air it in Israel. They they love it in Israel apparently, and uh, that got me a, a, a good residual check one day. Um, but um, I thought when I saw the animation, the animation was not. Uh, it was great. It was classical animation, but it was not up to snuff as far as I'm concerned. I'll bet you if they reanimated that show with today's CGI technology, oh, <laughs> my God, that would be a great show. That would be a tremendous, tremendous series. The storylines yeah. in it were just fantastic, and the characters in it were fantastic. I I really enjoyed it. It's one of the shows that I really enjoyed. I think Terrell Rothery worked on that one. I'm not sure. Uh, and uh, uh, not Venus. Uh, what's her name? Mala. Yeah, Mala. Uh, the, the, I can't remember the name of the woman who played the character, but they um, all the characters on that were were terrific. And I I'm, I, I wish that I that was one thing I thought of last year when I watched it. I wish they could just reanimate it in today's CGI, and you'd have a winner, like a surefire winner. Great show. All right, next. Joe. Okay. 
So the last couple of years, David Kay and yourself have been hosting some Christmas songs that as uh, your Beast Wars characters. So how did this come about? And I must say, I, I really look forward to those every year. It really, really sets the tone for Christmas for me. It's, it's amazing. Well, thank you very much for that. Well, this is all, uh, not to cast any blame on anybody, but this is all Candace uh, Santora's brainchild. Brainchild. Blame you, Candace. Yes, we're blaming Candace for Blame putting me. us on the spot but, <laughs> and saying, come on, come and do this. And and so we did. So actually, Candace and I uh, sat down with the, was it the 12 days of Christmas? Or no, uh, it was the night before Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And we sat and wrote that. Yeah, we sat down that, and worked on, <laughs> wrote worked that. on that together. Uh, it was the night was before great. Christmas. Yes, and all through the house, not a, not a Predacon was stirring, <laughs> or not a Maxwell was stirring, not even a, a mouse. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember the show, but I, I remember the, I remember it. And then, and we did that that other one, another song. You're a mean one. Mm-hmm, that was uh, the first one. Yes, I love that one. Uh, Megatron, you're a mean one, Megatron. You really are healed. <laughs> and then here comes. Here comes Megatron down Predacon Lane. That was great. I don't know yeah, what yeah. we're going to do this year. Oh, I've got ideas going on. Oh, see, see, I told you, the brainchild. <laughs> you know, inside that pretty inside that pretty head is a real active brain. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh, come on. You're a genius. You just don't know it. But, uh, yeah, those are so much fun. And uh, we did that one with uh, with Richard. That was really nice. Yeah, and yeah, it's got Richard in that one. Yeah, it was great. We always uh, we'll tr- we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something amazing this year. Oh, t- the pressure's on. The pressure's on. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't well, I'm know. Trying, what we're I'm trying do. to work something. Um, trying to get an answer from David too about something, but he hasn't come back to me. So maybe maybe Gary can nudge him a little bit. He's in quarantine. How about, the how about not a quarantine schmorantine? This is social media. How about how about I saw three ships come flying in from oh, Anerjohn. From Anerjohn. We have not. <laughs> no, David did. <laughs> David did? Oh. And you didn't tell me? Nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I gave you a list way back when. These are what David's done already. We got to oh, So I saw three ships come sailing and was gone already? <laughs> it sailed away already. That ship went sailing away. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got some ideas, Gary. Hey. I came up on a midnight clear. Those wondrous Predacons of old. No? <laughs> we'll come up with something. Yes. Because, after all, that's what we do. We do it for the fans. We do it I know for some, fans. A lot of them go through hard times, especially during the holidays. So, hope that. Oh, man. I've got a feeling that this Christmas is going to be a real tough one. Yeah. I I hate to say it, but uh, you know I'd love to be a beacon of hope, but the way things are going right now, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. We can shine a little oh, bit of that. Yeah, buy it. Video. I'm sorry again. Was that Joe? Oh, if you put out a CD, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be playing some music on Friday. We'll see. <gasps> Friday afternoon, if I can, you know, get my act together. <laughs> we shall endeavor to persevere, you know. But, All right. Uh, uh, Brett, next one's yours. All right. Uh, let's get a little more serious here. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Uh, the question is, there are subtle, subtle differences in the tones of voices and the ways the characters act between the different seasons and bodies they took. Optimus changes bodies four times. Yes. Did you choose to have him sound older, more mature with each one? Or that was that from just the writers? Well, the... Uh, 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 the big thing, it's like a chicken or the egg kind of a question in that what happened was as you bury yourself deeper and deeper into the role, the the characters, um, well, they, they mature, they age, and they, they flesh out. And what happened is, is at the beginning we were new we were fresh we we're on a brand new planet and exploring and it was all exciting and now and and as things progressed we we had loyalties changed you know we've had uh, you know good guys become bad or uh, bad guys become good guys and uh, around the 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 one of the final seasons is when we were doing the uh, when we were on on Cybertron, is that is that uh, my character Optimus just got more tired of all the fighting and became more and more and more introspective and uh, more uh, uh, as I said like a Siddhartha kind of character and. Um, and I I just I just go by what the writing tells me, and if the and the writing was telling me that that Optimus was was uh, getting tired of all the battles and and wanted to just find peace and and uh, and satisfaction in the world, and uh, so well, it became more and more introspective. Let me ask you a, a second question to that. Sorry, yeah. but so when you have other um, voice actors that do like The Simpsons, where you have iconic characters that do not change, do you think that would be easier or harder compared to what you did? Um, well, that's that that's for some of the characters on The Simpsons. That's true. For Homer, Homer was totally different. Sure. From the first, with the first iteration of the Simpsons to the newest one, yeah. he had his voice had changed tremendously. Yeah, and uh, not that it uh, that it was a different actor, but the the actor became so settled in the role that uh, that he became um, he became a more uh, a more lovable, more uh, more I guess accessible human character, and. I don't know if it would be harder. I mean, today, I mean, obviously, I don't have the same voice I had 30 years ago. 
because um because well i'm older you know <laughs> but uh i can try to be a little younger it, uh, yeah, it, I'm thinking, it, just what you said though i mean out of the uh, the simpsons your most iconic character is homer because he did change you didn't say lisa you didn't say no Bart, and they've remained the same and they did remain the same and i would say yes it would be uh depending on how much my voice changed it would be a little bit more difficult to keep the the same timber right of voice because uh, funny a uh, funny aside to that uh, a friend of mine lindsay gave me a tape of a uh, sh a show a, uh, a music and light presentation show for ottawa uh back in 1994 and I had done something on this tape, and I didn't realize they had done something on it until he showed it to me. And, he said, and I said, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is a, a, a fireworks show. And he goes, yeah. And they, so I listened to it, and I couldn't find my voice. And I said, where the hell is it? And then I went back and rewound it, and I went, holy, jeez, that's me. I just sound so young. And uh, that's that's what it was. I mean, it was like 20, 26 years ago. And uh, my voice has, uh, has gotten a little older since then. A, bit, a little bit more um, like, a, like a good wine. <laughs> I, I was going to say a little bit more iconic. But a bit more iconic. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I don't, I don't know because no one's ever... Uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I voiced the, the character for, for quite a while, and uh, no one's ever said to me, oh, your voice sounds different. Mind you, I got to tell you honestly, my voice does sound different because I quit smoking in January. There you go. Congrats. And uh, have not had a cigarette since January, and it's now September, which... Uh, which has a, an effect. I can sing higher notes now. <laughs> that also means Mike, don't stress him out. All right. He doesn't need it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. Ah. All right. All right. Uh... No, I used to sound like this all the time. And uh, <laughs> there you go. I, I, I just couldn't get the right. I didn't want to end up sounding like Tom Waits, you know? <laughs> oh. I could have just done Femur, you know? All right, huh? Del, next one's I yours. love Tom Waits as a performer. Then go ahead. <laughs> Dal I remember Dalton. Dalton. There uh, you go. I okay. didn't realize I was muted. <laughs> you never do. Uh, along with your Christmas videos that you've been doing every year, you've been also doing cooking videos. Uh, yes. One thing that you know, kind of. I've been wondering about is what has been your favorite dish to cook so far? Oh, yeah. Cover your ears, Candace. Cover <laughs> your ears. Uh, must be something she doesn't like. <laughs> it has yeah, to be something she doesn't like. It has to do with me. My favorite recipe is uh, roast leg of lamb. Ooh. That's what. It's just killer. Looking with Optimus. I want to try that. Yeah. And I make amazing ribs. And I also make amazing vegetarian food too. Yay! I tried jackfruit, jackfruit spare ribs, <laughs> which are actually pretty jackfruit. good. 
I might Jasper have to hold you up to that. See, I've been wanting to try that. Might have to hold you up to that. So, so people who are watching this live, uh, people who don't know Candace is a vegetarian. A vegan. Why she made the faces. A vegan. Vegan. <laughs> vegan. So isn't the same thing? I'll give the vegan. No. Big difference. She's a bigger. She's a satellite way yeah, out in space. Simple, <laughs> simple, simple, question, simple question. Candace, do you like eggs? No. There you go. Vegan. That's the difference. She won't, she won't even eat cheese. I mean, that's it. Or honey. <laughs> just, just saying. Nothing wrong with that. No, not really. Nothing's wrong. It's honey, right. Honey, food. Except that stuff tastes so good. Um, I know. <laughs> but I also, I, I also like baking. I, I like to bake. Oh. My wife loves uh, hermits. So, so I bake hermits for every couple of weeks, and they're kind of a walnut raisin, walnut raisin date soft cookie, and they're vegan. Oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> You know, Mike, you should have known. Totally that. vegan. That sounds like I made mean, mine vegan. Would have caused problems here in the cast. I mean, oh my gosh. But I love that. I love apple <laughs> walnut loaf. That's another one I like to make. Also, like to make a uh, peach rollovers. Those are good. And uh, I've made a, uh, a a raspberry strudel, which was pretty delicious. And uh, oh yeah, and uh, beef. Beef pot pie. Ooh, you have not oh, yeah. lived. You know, the the only problem with beef pot pie is it takes like five hours to make. I can wait. You know when you make the pastry and all the and uh, the 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 filling for the meat pie, and you get the puff pastry on top and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And take them. They take all these hours to make, and they disappear. In uh, about ten minutes. Yeah, but for a cook, that's satisfaction. <laughs> oh yeah, but oh my god, they were good. Everything. <laughs> I didn't eat them all because I, I I only actually I only actually had one, but my mother my mother loves them and and my Mediterranean wife loves them and. Uh, there you go. So there's that. I'm I'm. I love cooking. Cooking is fun. I make some some interesting dishes sometimes, and but uh, I love salads. I love making salads. I just love food too much. But I've tried this intermittent fasting now, so I'm gonna yeah, that, drop that, that drop off work. some pounds. Huh? That, that, that doesn't work really well. Just makes you hungry. Yes. Well, the the theory behind it, like I had a friend of mine lost lost ninety pounds on it. And I had another friend recently who lost 70 pounds on it. And uh, he just eats smaller portions. But what he does is he starts eating at noon. And uh, then he has another meal at 6. And then he doesn't eat again until the next day at noon. Oh, wow. So so what happens is ketosis and all this happens. And you start burning your own fat. I'm not going to get off on a tangent, but I'm a big advocate of the keto diet. Yeah, keto. That's the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did that for a year, and I lost forty pounds, and it worked. It worked tremendously, but I found that uh, your your mood swings and the way that you acted was kind of different. So I think intermittent 
keto is better. On and off, on and off. I think too much. It's it's just like everything else. Too much of a good thing. It's yeah, not it's bad good. for you. You need your carbos. You need your carbs. You need right. your fat. Exactly. It, it, it will. It'll mess with your. It'll mess with your head. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, if you stay on a keto diet, it's not a good thing. Right. It's, exactly. It's I found that out. Absolutely not a good thing. But anything, everything in moderation, I say. And uh, sure. I just had a stint, you know, where I went for a year where I didn't do anything and and ate a lot. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's really hard to shed. But um, I'm doing it. And smoking, quitting, quitting smoking didn't help either. Yeah, but that was the, uh, that was the, uh, oh, what's that called? Can't think of the name of it. Quarantine diet. So, I mean, with the quarantine diet, I mean, we don't have a lot of choice in that. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> it just happens. What do you have? You have fast food and takeout. That's it. So, <laughs> so it kind of sucks. Yeah. No, I remember I, I didn't eat in a restaurant. I never ate in a restaurant for, crazy like four months. And uh, recently I went to Las Margaritas, a Spanish, a Mexican place. Which was good, and then I went to uh, to Bridges down in Granville Island, which is uh, in an outdoor patio on the water, and that was fun with a friend of mine, Larry. And uh, I think that's it. And then we've ordered in ordered in Chinese food once, and that was good. Oh yeah, I like Chinese food. Oh, uh, but my the thing that I miss the most is I miss dim sum. Because I absolutely love dim sum. I mean, they haven't had any dim sum. They have been staying out of restaurants for months and months. So, actually, I have to cook all my own food because I don't like eating processed food. Yeah, but you like to cook, so that's perfect for you. Yes, it is. It's absolutely perfect. (laughs) There you go. I hate cooking, so it's bad for me. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, there's some there's some things you can do that are just so easy. You don't have to do anything. Just throw a bunch of stuff in a pan and put a lid on it and slow cook it for 20 minutes. And there you go. Food. I can tell you right now, but you can only eat so many fried bologna. I'm just oh, telling you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Uh, uh, no offense, but I, I love food. Fried bologna. I actually do too, but I'm I just trying think. to make a point here. So, I mean, help with me, work with me here. So, I mean, <laughs> well, no, if you take, if you take some, you know, nah. any kind of vegetable, throw it in a pan, uh, steam it a little bit, put it to the side, throw in some hamburger or some chicken or some whatever you want, cook it a little bit, throw it to the side, throw in some tomato sauce and some pasta, mix it all together, and there you got meals for four days. As long as you're not on the keto diet, you're good. As long as, yeah, the <laughs> pasta is not good on a keto diet. I tell you, that was the worst thing about getting on that diet is it, it was so expensive finding stuff that did not have carbs. It's oh, yeah. so difficult. Oh, you can get, you know, you can buy, um, like I was buying uh, at Costco, I was buying frozen vegetables. And the only thing I don't like about frozen vegetables is the carrots. They always taste like crap. But... Um, I mix those with a little sesame oil and uh, and some rice, and I'm done. But I'm not did on you, a keto diet. No, <laughs> you, have you ever tried the cauliflower bread? I love it, that. It's it's 
but it's expensive compared to real bread. I mean, yeah. it just, it, I did it and um, cooked it up, and it was it was good. But afterwards, I was like, yeah, I got like uh, two meals out of that, and it cost me this much. And I was like, man. Yeah, that's it's too kind much. Of, kind of expensive. <laughs> well, as soon as you're getting into, into crap like cauliflower bread, why don't you yeah. just buy a cauliflower and grind it up? Well, that, exactly. <laughs> but but I'm not, you know. It's cauliflower. What's a cauliflower? Age, talk about? Uh, Two bucks? Enabled to do that. So. Well, you don't really have to do anything. If if you cut all the flour, it's, you just cut all the flour off and then run them in your hand, and all of a sudden you have... Uh, you have a uh, little cauliflowers, and, right. and you can make. I think with them. I think and, uh, we just bored. Good. I think we just bored all of the Transformer fandom with this. I'm sorry. Okay, sorry, Transformer <laughs> fandom. I don't know. I, I'm loving this. I love food, so it is not our wish to bore you. I know you want to hear more about stuff, so yeah. ask I'm me sorry. some stuff. I, I'm really big into the. The keto and all that stuff. Sorry, I'll, I'll shut up now. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, Joe, I think you are known as Joe. Who came after Dalton? No, Dalton. Delirium. Dalton. I'll let him take the second. Yeah. Oh, no, no, one second. No, he. Oh, yeah. It was him. There was a second on that, wasn't there? We're so organized. I'm shuffling off to Buffalo here. All right, Dylan, you're number nine. No, you're not. You're the one after nine. Yeah, it looks like the next question here is, who was the funniest cast member to work with? And I assume we're talking about Beast Wars cast here. Well, Beast Wars, so. the, funny, the funniest one to work with in Beast Wars was uh, uh, Scotty McNeil was pretty uh, funny. Yeah, that's a bit. Alec Willows was hilariously funny. Really? Oh, wow. my God. And uh, I, I, I liked him. Ian was kind of serious. I'm kind of serious, but you know, I like to have fun sometimes too. We used to have some good, good, good fun at uh, at uh, Venus' expense, <laughs> but <laughs> but it was all in good fun. But we used to torment uh, Scotty because he would fall asleep on the on the <laughs> on the floor of the studio, and then we just cover him in paper. And well, we did that once or twice, and. Uh, <laughs> You had like four pair, but, but Scotty was pretty funny. Oh, it's easy when you're tired. You can, uh, you know, you get into these some of these marathon sessions. I, 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 I you just get tired. I mean, it's airless studio, and you got to get out for a break. And sometimes it would take all day to record stuff. So you have two shows, like. But wow. yeah, Scotty was funny. Al Willows is very funny. Uh, they were those were those were the class clowns. I gotta say, and Gary Chalk, and me. You know, I just my my <laughs> my comedy my comedy came by accident. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I heard some stories about you too. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, the belching story was pretty funny, but that was for another show. Candace, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just kind of instigated. Yeah. What the, uh, the, the best moments I used to have were with uh, a guy named Phil Hayes, who I used to do a lot of cartoons with. But he was the easiest guy in the world to crack up. And uh, I'd be standing beside him in the studio, and I would just go like this. I'll give you the side on. 
<laughs> Saw it tough. He was gone. He could, he'd go like this. What? 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 And then, then he'd be done. And he start and and he'd uh, and I'd just keep a neutral face and not not do anything, and that would send into paroxysms of panic and laughter. And um, then the director would go, "Gary, leave him alone. Leave him go, alone. You go what? I don't do anything. That's, I'm just standing here. I haven't said anything. I haven't done it. I know what you're doing. Don't torment Phil. He's very excitable. So you." <laughs> Simpson to the Lisa Simpson. I see it. Huh? See, so you are the Bart Simpson to the That's Lisa right. Simpson. There what? You go. What? I didn't do anything. I didn't do nothing. Mom! <laughs> exactly. Oh, I know. But, uh, yeah, we used to have some, some good laughs, I gotta say. <laughs> oh. I, just, I just think back at some of the yeah. I think back at some of the things that we that used to go on in the studio. We've had uh, there used to be this guy who was in a show I did called Conan. I won't name him to protect the innocent, but he used to come into the studio wearing rollerblades. Oh wow! Good for him. And he would stand there at the microphone with these rollerblades, and he would always go. That Doing is warm that, up. As quick in, quick out. He's out of there. <laughs> and I would go, "What the hell are you doing?" And you'd hear this, <laughs> and I go, "What is that noise? What's going on?" And we look down, and it's him. He's wearing rollerblades, and they're squeaking because he's moving as he's doing his lines. And uh, finally, the director went. Whoever's making that noise, stop it now. Uh, blah, blah. Take those goddamn things off. <laughs> All right, then. Oh, really? Oh, it's crazy. Crazy times. All righty. Um, next question. Um, and this is, I think, Dalton's question. Um, how did you feel about making a cameo appearance in the recent Sonic the Hedgehog movie, having been the voice of Grinder in the original animated series, and well, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, and and uh, robotic in Sonic Underground series. Oh no, I thought it was I thought it was quite cute. It was quite fun. You know, I, I, I thought, oh look at I did one Sonic series, and I did another Sonic series. Played Grounder and Robotnik. And now I'm going to do the movie, but I'm not doing any of those characters. I'm just going to be a general. I don't know who they cast. I mean, I know they cast Jim Carrey as uh, Robotnik, which was kind of fun. I haven't seen the whole movie yet, but um, uh, I was quite tickled. It was kind of a nice connection with the with the uh, the whole uh, Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. I thought it was quite fun. We had a good time on set for that day. It was a nice little cameo role, and uh, the director was quite lovely and introduced me as Dr. Robotnik, which is kind of cool. <laughs> this guy played Robotnik. 
<laughs> so were you uh, approached about the movie or did you did you audition like you do all your roles uh, i auditioned i had no i had no choice in the matter it was a formality <laughs> but um but i i kind of figured i was going to get i was going to work on the show right from the get-go so but uh yeah that was a uh, because the 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 director, I, you know, when I when I read for the thing, the director was uh, pretty cool. Can I just uh, can I excuse me for just one second? I'll be right back. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. mute my. I'm just gonna. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Who messed with him? Who made him run away? Who was it? I see how it is. <laughs> how rude! How rude! Whose idea was this? Hey, oh, by the way, the next question is kind of broken up, so should I just skip that and go to number 11? I don't know what was being asked there. I actually thought that was all going to be Mike's, and then yours would be number 11, but... Um, yeah. It got kind of... Well, because it's... Uh, there we I, are. Think, I think you could do all that in one question, actually. In a follow-up. In a follow-up. I don't know, that sounds kind of... Doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know if Mike would on you know unmute his mic and do it, we'd be all right. I'm unmuted now. Let me see. Where's that? Shh. Oh, were you guys talking about me? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yes, actually, oh. we were. We were talking. Oh. Nerve. <laughs> no, that was just my mom. Oh. Good for you. She. she wanted to borrow my car. <laughs> so you know what's won. funny is I've been sitting here talking this whole time. My mic was my mic was muted. All right, what? whatever, Dalton. <laughs> I know, right? I really was. So to answer Candace's question, yes, just go straight to number eleven because nah. he kind of he kind of answered everything. I, I think one. he did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, my bad. There you are. Perfect. Candace, All right. Go. <laughs> What is it like having a job and then years? Didn't we already talk about this? Kind of. No, go ahead. Yeah. I don't think so. We haven't talked about it. Okay. Uh, oh, Gary. What is it like having a job and then years later finding out the impact it had on countless, countless young lives like me? And me. Well, Shh, me. I I believe I have answered that question in an but as a as a part of another question. But yeah, no, I I I've, I mean it's a tremendous responsibility, and uh, and uh, I I feel honored and uh, quite happy that uh, that I have made an impact on some people's lives and uh, helped people get through some troubled times and um, and uh, just made their childhood better. That uh, makes me very happy, and in some cases, their adulthood better, because you know you just want to be uh, you want to be the best that you can be, and you want everybody else to be the best they can be, and uh, and uh, and as I said, everybody's got a story, you know, yes. and uh, everybody who deserves deserves to be treated uh, well. And uh, I find that when I go to to the conventions and things like that, everybody I meet, you'll never, you know, be disdainful or hurtful or or anything like that because 
to you, it's just, you know, you're going to the, you're going to the convention, you're going to meet a bunch of people and it's going to be a lot of work for them. It's, it's a whole different ball game. It's like, it's really exciting. You know, I remember, and I remember my, my when I, when I, uh, met, I met James Colburn for the first time, uh, many years ago, uh, in a, in a movie that I did. And, um, I've only seen him in so many movies and I thought he was the coolest actor ever. And he had a voice that was just Schlitz malt liquor. Remember that guy? Remember a guy from our man Flint and things like that? The old movies. Well, Coburn was just like, just like a, a, a God. And I met him and talked with him and actually worked in a movie scene with him. And I had a difficult time because I was just too, awestruck by this tremendous guy and uh and we spent several days and it was really really uh really exciting and i (laughs) just felt like such a knob but to me it was great and i know what that feels like i know what it feels like and you you'd never want to disappoint the people that that uh that pay your rent basically because if it weren't for the fans what would we have Nothing, Nothing, you know, and that's the thing. So they deserve all the respect and all the time that you can afford to give. And that's uh, one thing that I've uh, always strived for. And that's why I'm here today. (laughs) There you go. There you Um, go. Nerds. The next question is Joe's, but I kind of think he's, we've kind of touched on this, but go ahead and read it out. So it's number 12, right? Yeah. Uh, were you aware of the growing fandom and popularity of the original Transformers while creating Beast Wars? Um, so, like, I think when Beast Wars came out, BotCon was already a thing. So, were you aware that was going on when you were cast? No. That's the short answer. It sounds good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was not. And uh, uh, and I'll tell you that when I got a, a, an invitation, my agent had called me and said, they want you to go to this convention for the Transformers. And I said, for what? <laughs> well, they want to see you. Why? <laughs> because they just want to see you and... Uh, and talk about what you do. And I went, okay, oh, sure, I'll do that. That sounds like fun. And it was close to Disneyland. And I thought, I'd never been to Disneyland. I could go to Disneyland, which I did. <laughs> and um, and uh, when I got there, I was totally gobsmacked. I had no idea. I had no idea there were conventions for these things, period. I'd never heard of uh, of uh, fan conventions. I think I think I heard about the Trekkies. Oh yes, yes. The Star Trek conventions, <laughs> yeah. and that's the only ones I'd ever heard of was the Trekkies, and I didn't think it was like a Trekkies thing. Be nice. But, uh, but I went, and it was uh, it was pretty exciting. So, no, the short answer is no. That was the long answer. <laughs> <laughs> Just a follow-up on that. How many BotCons were you invited to overall? Uh, 
Uh, one, two, three, four, five, five, five that I can remember. (laughs) I was at North Carolina, Chicago, uh, Dallas, uh, California, ten. Huh? We're, we're thinking. We're thinking. No, he didn't say Florida. Okay. And uh, I he, think I think in um. I think at uh, was Dragon Con. No, that was Dragon Con. No, that was a different different con. But yeah, of those, there was four, and I think I was at one in. Uh, where the hell was it? No, that was uh, that's it. It was just in the in four. Okay. TFs, yeah. Oh, and Toronto. Right, that was uh, yeah. I remember that. That's, that was TFCon. So that's TFCon. So TFCon. Not Boston. That's a different one, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I was at four TFs. For some unknown reason, I didn't get invited to a lot of them. I I don't know. I think I did something wrong, or said something <sighs> to somebody, but. Uh, I never got invited to very many of them. Mind you, I couldn't do, back in the 90s and uh, early 2000s, I couldn't do a lot of them because I was too busy working. So, But, uh, you know, and now they're all canceled this year, so who knows what's going to happen next year. So we'll see. But, yeah, I would, I really enjoyed them. I had a lot of fun with them. All right. Um... The next question is Brett's. I know it's kind of a long written one. This is one of Tyler's questions. Um, honestly, I'm going <laughs> to skip that question. I'm just going to say to Gary, in my opinion, and with most, I think that you made Primal an iconic G1 character. And what I mean by that is that it's the first iteration of a Primal for that particular group. Yes, for a whole generation, and I think it, I think you made it yours. Well, thank you very much for that. That's all I can all I can ask for. Thank you so much. Appreciate and I will it. I will pass the question on to the next. Okay. Who is I think Dalton. John, all right, Dalton, you ready? Yeah. So this is. Tyler's question, you said? Yeah, the first one's Tyler. Both of them are Tyler's. Okay. So, it says here, I know you and the rest of the voice actors got asked a lot about how to become a voice actor, where to start, etc. My question, my questions, uh, okay, the way my this question works. Is, my question is, are there any reasons not are there any voice acting or the internet? Correct. <laughs> Things well, that may present huge obstacles or unwritten rules about unknown or inspiring voice actors. Okay. The voice, well, the, the, the entertainment world in general is not an occupation, it's an avocation. It's something that you're passionate about and that you will do it 
come hell or high water, and if you if you don't do it, you'll die. No, it's a, it, it, it's something that once you get into it, uh, you'll know if it's right for you, because there are a lot of people who are in love with the idea of acting, the idea of being a, a an actor or a voice actor, but the reality is quite different. You know, it's uh, it's hard work, and sometimes it can be very tedious work, especially in film where you're doing the same scene like 15, 20 times and making it fresh every single time and bringing it off the page. And you work long hours, like 14 hours a day, sometimes 16 hours a day. My longest day ever was 20 hours on one film, and... Uh, it was, uh, I was exhausted. I was seeing little rabbits coming out of the sides of my eyeball. But, um, you know, there's, uh, the, 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 in that respect, you, you deal with a lot of rejection. People will just say, no, I'm not hiring you. And it, basically, they're not saying, I'm not going to hire you because I don't like you. I'm not going to hire you because, well, in this particular project, you really don't fit with this cast or you don't sound like this or you don't sound like... like you have to deal with that rejection all the time and just know that uh, sometimes they'll just go, yeah, okay, we'll hire this guy. And uh, then you win the lottery and somebody else is uh, sitting there going, geez, I didn't get that part. But... Um, so it's difficult, and you have to have what I call rhino skin. You have to have skin like a rhinoceros uh, because um, you can't let it get to you because that's why they turn it to drug addicts and alcoholics and crazy people is because they let it get to them. And uh, I've, I've been turned down for lots of shows. I have not gotten, you know, 80% of the things I audition for I don't get, but... You don't say, oh, Christ, I suck, I'm no good, I'm terrible. You go, uh, well, moving on to the next one because there are thousands of actors and there are only so many roles to fill. And some days you get them and some days you don't. The positive side of it, that's the negative side. It's a lot of work and a lot. it's very difficult to get established. And once you get established, it's very easy. It's uh, it's a lot of work to maintain it because you got to keep honing your craft. You got to stay on top of your game all the time. Um, on the positive side, uh, it's a very fulfilling job. It's probably the most fun job you could ever have uh, with your clothes on. You know, it's like it's just a tremendous, it's tremendous fun. You you go into a studio. You're in your pajamas. You've got bed hair. And you read your lines off a script and you get paid cash and you go or you get paid and you go home a few hours later and your rent's paid for that month. You know, it's like that's that's tremendous. And plus you're working with other actors who are lots of fun to be with and uh, and great fun to work with. And they're they're all they're just like you. They're consummate professionals and they do their thing and then they leave. Um, film is a. Uh, is uh, tremendous because it gives you a lot of exposure in the world. It pays well. Um, they treat you quite well in the film industry, and um, you get recognized if you're if you have talent and you have good good skills. 
you're going to work and make a long and industrious uh, or illustrious career. It's going to go well as long as you keep your head on your shoulders and uh, and don't, uh, as we as we say, don't believe in your own publicity. You will um, you will do well, and uh, it's a great job. And uh, it, as I say, it pays well, it's and and that's it. And it's it's fun to do, and it takes you to great places in the world. So. Those are the ups and downs. I mean, you have to. Oh, Christ! I sound like a school teacher. No, you have to. You have to go to school, and you have to, you know, build your foundation of skill. You know, your. Uh, that's what makes you. Um, makes you uh, uh, have the, the the tools available to do the job. I mean, you can't do a job without tools and and without training. And no one can teach you how to act, but they can teach you how to prepare to act and how to go about making the best character that you can be. And also uh, different things like voice training and, and singing. you got to learn how to sing and learn uh, how to move and uh, all the different the different skills that come with being an actor. So... In that in that respect, I guess it's just like anything else. You don't get as much rejection in other jobs as you do in the in the movie business, but you have to be philosophical about it, and that's it. As, and my thing is, I surrender myself to the universe. The universe unfolds as it should. You just go. The best guy gets a job. Doesn't matter if you think you're better than him or her or worse, or they're, they they. They should have hired you because it's a perfect character for you and you did a great job. What it is is that that particular that particular time, they went, oh, well, let's go take this guy. And uh, so they, they hire him or her and nothing you can do or say can change that. So you go, oh, well, moving on to the next one. And then the next time, you're that guy. You know what I mean? And the other guy's going, well, why didn't they hire me? It's it's like a lottery. And at my stage, at the stage of my career, I've been in it for 40 years, over 40 years. When you get all these actors like myself who come in and read for parts, we're all basically the same skill set. We've been in it the same amount of years. We're basically at the same age and sometimes the same phenotype or genotype. And basically, it's like spinning a wheel of fortune. And you go... And who's going to get it this time? Who's going to get it this time? And the mood of the universe says, me, or you, or him. So you have, that's that's how it works. So there you go. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) I hope I'm a bit of a blabberer, but uh, there you go. So I wanted to go through the chat real quick. Well, regular listeners, uh, TMDB was in the chat. Uh, Matthew I, um, let's see, Leonardo, Ugly Pat, Ugly Fat, Hollow Matt, uh, Phoenix Prime, a lot of new listeners in here tonight. Um, there was one qu- question I wanted to, if I can find it here real quick. Someone had asked about you doing some more Hallmark movies. <laughs> Hallmark. <sighs> Yay! <laughs> was that you, Candace, that asked that question? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm waiting on Hallmark, but uh, 
I've got a feeling that I won't be doing any hallmarks uh, until the COVID thing changes because of insurance, because of my age, and um, and uh, so we don't know. I've read I've read for four Hallmark movies in the last week, and uh, one of them is a friend of mine is directing, and uh, it's a good fit for me. I may get the part. I may not. I don't know. I'm on the short list for a series, a new series uh, that's coming up that I can't name, but it's uh, it involves zombies and it's a comedy. Um, so I'm waiting to hear uh, on lockdown for that. I'm still. I've been in the mix for two and a half months now, so I'm still waiting for that to happen. Um, you know, I've done I've done about about seventy Hallmark movies. I think, yeah, about 70. Oh, my anniversary dinner just popped up. Um, so uh, I, I, uh, I'm I, hoping to do more, but, you know, sometimes I get what they call burnout. They get Hallmark burnout. And if you do too many of them, you're welcome, Phoenix. Thank you very much. Um, uh, sometimes they just go, nope, we've seen them too much. We don't want to see them for a while. And uh, I remember one time they they blocked me from Hallmark for two years because they I'd done too many movies. And then two wow. years to the day, two years to the day, they hired me to do a, a western with uh, what's his face? Uh, they did La Bamba. Oh my goodness! The three names got three names. Anyway, it was two years to the day. I did Angel and the Bad Man with him. Oh, right. Oh, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou yes. Diamond Phillips, that's, that's the one. Figured out. Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips and I. And that was a, a, I've done a few movies with Lou, and he's uh, just a great guy. And we have the same birthday, which is kind of cool. But, uh, uh, thank you, Hollow. For you watching, watching Freddy versus Jason. Got to keep this thing contained once and for all. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, here's one I thought kind of interesting. No. Sorry, the dog. All right. <laughs> Get back. Uh, he Hang wants on. to know if you've ever done audio books. Have I ever done audio books? No, they don't do audio books on the West Coast. Hi. Who's that sneaking up behind me? <laughs> no, that's for the Jeep. You got the wrong keys, man. Um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, audiobooks. No, they don't do audiobooks um, on the West Coast. They do books for the blind at the university, but they have a, a whole volunteer contingent out there that do that. And um, doing audiobooks would be fun. I've done I've done audio, you know, instructional videos and things like that, two hundred okay. pages and then whatnot. But um, but uh, I, I I can imagine that the challenges would be basically getting the work finished and being able to read large large uh, sections of the story and keep it interesting and keep the energy up and not make mistakes. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wanyo. Uh, um, let's see how I'm at. Let's see. 
Trying to go through all these real quick. My mom. Audiobook we did that. One. I love her. She's so sweet. What what come up? Here's an interesting question. So that'll be interesting. So weirdest thing that has ever happened to him and a fan at a meet and greet. Anything, <laughs> is there, do you have a strange story from any convention? Well, they were, they were both at the same one. The same, uh, in, well, not so much the meet. Well, it might have been a meet and greet, yeah. The same, the same convention in Chicago. Okay. And a guy with a long black trench coat with dual samurai swords oh had decided that he was going to be my bodyguard. <laughs> I, went, I really don't need a bodyguard. Went, nope, nope. I'm going to protect you all the way to this whole convention. Don't you worry about a thing. I am here and I am armed and ready. And I'm going oh, my dear. <laughs> I'd be more worried about him. Yeah, no. Okay, well, thank you very much for your kind offer, but no, I don't need that. And then I'm sitting at the bar in the Hilton Hotel in Chicago, or whatever. I think it was the Hilton. Anyway, I'm sitting at the bar, and these two guys are sitting beside me, and this guy looks over and he goes, Hey, Mr. Chelp. I said, hi. He goes, how do you do it, man? And I said, what? He says, how do you stand being around all these losers? And I said, what are you talking about? They're not losers. And he goes, he goes, yeah, come on, look at all these people. And I said, well, you're here. And he goes, yeah, but I ain't a loser. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it gets better. <laughs> I ain't a loser. I had sex last night. Oh my goodness. And I said, You did? He said, Yes, with a woman. <laughs> a real woman. Wow. <laughs> and I went, oh, Good for you. Well done. So, um, <laughs> thank God you're not a loser. <laughs> so first thing, and then, and then, wait, it gets worse. Oh boy! <laughs> Just have a look at that man. Got a giant hickey on him. So, um, so the first thing, I wonder what you guys hope. So the first thing, first thing, Mr. Chalk is I don't I don't talk like that. Oh, but it was fun. That was pretty good, Brett. Now, I know it wasn't you because I saw your face. <laughs> that, that fella's face is emblazoned upon my brain and will never ever go away. Listen, listen, I'm I'm from Kentucky. I'm not from Arkansas. So oh, okay, well that. Jesus, oh. <laughs> had to had to drop bombs there. Sorry, everyone's a comedian tonight. <laughs> uh, 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 all right. Well, uh, I know I went through the chat. We answered some questions out of there. I know we answered, you know, 
we were on here for quite a while tonight. I didn't know if Gary would, would stay with us this long, but I, I am very grateful that you did, um, uh, and, you know, that you made time for us tonight. Uh, and, uh, and you know, as from a fan point, you know, well, thank you for everything you've given us over the years. You know, I was telling Brett just the other day we were talking, and he did not know that you played Santa Claus or the Abominable Snowman from Red Elf, Red Nose Red. Oh, Rudolph, yeah. Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah. That that blew my mind. Oh I wow! Well, my I little guy. Ear. When well, when me and Brett were talking, and I told him, I said, when Gary came to the show and he put his banner up, I saw it up there, and I was like, I didn't know it was that. And then it was um, the other one that blew. I knew the voice as soon as I heard it, and I waited till the credits, and it was him. But he also played Santa Claus in A Christmas Story too. He chased yes, the kid around the mall. I met, as soon as he started talking, I'm like. That's primal. That's the first word out of my mouth. And then bad. I had to wait till the end of the show to see the credits. And I was like, yep, I was right. I was so, the bad Santa. Yeah, it was funny. It bad really Santa. Was. <laughs> yeah, you were a good Santa. You sounded but, good. Oh, no, I was a bad guy. You said i quit. I'm never going to get That really was so good. much fun. I did the, That director who I did that with, I did uh, Scooby-Doo the movie with him as well. And okay. another movie called what? Another movie called Max Two. Oh yeah. They have the spy movie, and I was at the right at the beginning of the movie. It just had a cameo role, but he wanted me to do it, so I was there. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun, and that, I, I got to sing a duet with Debbie Reynolds, which was really quite wow. cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, that was that was very nice. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on, for especially for the 200th episode. Lord knows if I'll be doing this in two more episodes or not, but um, <laughs> I was glad to, uh, you know, get something good for the fans who watch the show and for, you know, knowing that there's nothing really going on in the world right now because of COVID-19, but I'm glad you were able to get here and some fans were able to see you talk and you get some questions answered and stuff of that nature. So we really do appreciate your time this evening. No worries, man. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. And we're going to sign out and then come off air. Um, when we do come off air, we're going to want to ask you a couple more questions, if you don't mind, Gary. Sure. Okay. No worries. All right. So we're going to sign out. Candace, tell people where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, as my name right there, or uh, Candace Santora, Candace Art. Right there. Good luck. I know, right? Uh, Brett? <laughs> Me? Oh, Joe, yeah. next. Oh, whoever. Oh, the other Brett. Brett. <laughs> uh, Mega Mouse, Mega Toy Fan on Facebook. Joe? Uh, you can find me through my two secretaries, Dalton or Dakota, who's not here. <laughs> um, Delirium? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Delirium432. Dalton? You find me everywhere at Daltonian STFs, and I'm on YouTube as Daltonian95. Oh, man. So, all right. You all can find me everywhere as Angry Mike. But before we get out of here, let's let you know about the Cool Table Network. Uh, Shattered Glass Uncut, Enter the Realm, Toy Detox, Big and Bacon, Beers and Bolters, 40K, Breaking the Mold, Nerds Rage Radio, Fresh Communications, Building Up to It, Verbally Challenged, Masterpiece, Shift Piece Theater, Honorable Mentions include The Nerds Has Spoken, Total Package, Blackout and Shout, 
all queued up off the runner in around 30 minutes with our boy Deluxe Baldwin. Also in the, uh, I forgot to tell you all this, uh, in the, uh, the channel, we also mentioned some honorable mentions of Gary's work as well, where to find him everywhere on social media. And I appreciate everyone who, uh, who tuned in tonight, who will listen, and who will be here for the next 200 episodes. Thanks you for tuning in.